welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network to dislocate its shoulder celebrating a go-ahead home run, the collective podcast. That is this. Our shoulders hurt today, but it is okay because like Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers, we are moving on to the World Series. I'm Jake Mintz. That is Jordan Schusterman. Jordan, the World Series is here. It is finally here. Many teams tried to eliminate us along the way, but we are here. We have made it to the World Series. We are heading down to Arlington. No, we're not. We're going to continue podcasting from our respective homes. <laughs> but we are very excited to finally be here. And we have got a lot uh, for the show. Of course, we're going to recap how we got here to wonderful seven-game championship series as we head into a World Series featuring... The two one seeds, this insane season where all this crazy shit happened. The Marlins made the postseason. The Brewers were bad and made the po- all kinds of insane shit. And here we are, the two best teams in baseball. I think we feel pretty good about that. They look like the two best teams in baseball, Dodgers versus Rays. We're going to get into all that, of course, uh, Jake. But we have to talk, kind of talk about how we got here, too, right? Yes, we do, Jordan. We're going to get to all of that, previewing the series, reviewing the series behind us. We'll get to all of it in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, Jordan. Two game sevens. The the four best words in sports. The 14, four, a 14 game series. There is something about a seven game series versus a six game series to me where like the number seven, the difference mm-hmm. between seven and six feels bigger than seven and eight. Where like when you get to seven, that's like a big number. That's like a, a lot of games. We all, like these we guys all are playing together. each other seven times. I mean, it's, it feels biblical, right? It's like game yeah. seven is like from the Old Testament. Almost. It does. It, it feels like it feels like it has been uh, gifted to us, uh, brought down on, on two tablets that say game from seven. Mount Sinai. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so we now it was most shocking, not, not just the fact that we got two game sevens, which has only happened, you know, so many times in baseball history. 
It was the fact that we came back from the potential dread of like four or five days without baseball. Astros down 3-0, Dodgers down 2-0 on Wednesday. You know, we last talked to you recorded on Wednesday night after they made it 3-1 and 2-1. And it was like, all right, well, we got ourselves a series, but we weren't by any means guaranteed to get two seven-game series. Um, and now we we made it all the way to here uh, on Monday where we are recording with no baseball tonight. And that's fine. That's fine. We've had a lot of baseball over the last week. We will survive tonight. But let's talk about how we got here. Which which one do you want to start with here? Uh, do you want to start with the one that's fresh that ended uh, last night, the, the National let's League? Let's talk about the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers steamrolled their way through the regular season. Best record in the National League. Steamrolled their way through the first two rounds. Pummeled uh, the Brewers who were somehow here. And then they took care of the depleted Padres in a sweep. And coming into the series against the Braves, it was like, well, you know, we said on the spot, if the Dodgers don't lose again, are they the greatest team of all time? And then the Braves came out and won the first two games. And we were like, are the Braves the greatest team of all time? (laughs) Right. And of course, game two kind of thrown off with Kershaw uh, being injured. But then, you know, the Dodgers get right back in it. They have that insane game where they score 11 runs in one inning. Um, and that was so boring. I mean, some of these games were not actually that close, but then they get it back. They tie the series. And then game seven was truly one of the best games we've had this entire postseason. Now, we knew that the starters, both rookies, Dustin May and Ian Anderson, and then Gonsolin coming in after May, that like we we were not expecting them to go, you know, five, six innings. And obviously in a game seven, when you have everyone available, you're not expecting the starter to go deep anyway. But after they started getting shaky in the second and third, we were like, oh man, are we in for a World Series Game 5 2017? It's going to be 25 to 24. This is going to go all night. Relievers came in, locked it down, and then just two absolutely titanic home runs from the Dodgers late. And uh, the Dodgers advanced. But I mean, what, anything from Game 7 particularly we, we, we want to cover? Because there were some, some huge moments, obviously. Uh, there were two similar base running plays, both of which were outs at home. Uh, there was the double play that the Braves um, toot bland their way into. For those of you unaware what toot bland means, it is an acronym thrown out on the bases like a nincompoop. Uh, And that is what happened to both Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley. You can't, like a a play that happens in the fourth inning, so much happens after it that it like the Braves still could have won this game anyway. But that to me was the defining moment where they had a chance to really, you know, build a lead put some distance between them and LA and they ran into this double play. It was like, if I was a Braves fan, my TV would be out the window. Like that's, that's a throw your remote level unacceptable. That can't happen. Blunder 10 out of 10 in that spot for me. And everyone was, you know, tweeting like I I saw some tweeting like, okay, well, we're up one by one run, but it feels like we're down by one run because we just gifted that rally away and that they ended up losing by one run. And <laughs> it's like, all right, right, well, there you go. And they gifted a rally away in the first inning mm-hmm. Two, they could have got a lot more off of May and they had the double play. But that play in the fourth inning, Swanson going home on that ball to third base, that's a bad read. Uh, third base coach sending him and not getting Austin Riley to third, that's a bad play. Austin Riley just like hanging out in the demilitarized zone between second and third base, just like, not the time. Not Having the time, Austin. Scoot your boot Weird. over to third base, please. So that was that was huge. And then like contrasting that with the Chris Taylor play where he was thrown out at home on the throw from Ozzy Albies. I loved that play from from Taylor. It was bang bang. No one was holding him on at third. 
ended up not really changing the complexion of the game, but just interesting to look at those two plays. And then the other thing from game from game seven that I loved was how no doubtery the two key homers were. Because this is not a beef, but like the Mike Brasso home run against the Yankees was awesome, right? But when he hit it, I mean, it got out by like a foot, right? Right. right. And That's so true. you didn't know. And there's some drama in that and following the flight of the ball and being like, did he get it? Did he not? You know, like the Carlton Fisk down the line type thing, right? But there was something awesome about both the Kike Homer and the Bellinger Homer where as soon as they made contact, everyone knew. Even if you weren't watching the game, <laughs> you knew. Like, it was just so obvious. And that allowed them to, like, you know, put some flair into the celebrations and, like, do whatever the hell they wanted. And it, it made the moments feel the no doubterness of those homers, the lack of cheapness was like, this is like the Dodgers are better, right? Yeah. Like, this, mm-hmm. you can't argue that right and, and the home runs kind of represented that to me and both of those on the eighth pitch of the at bat aj minter and chris martin two of the best relievers for the braves it's not like they fucked up right and this is the same thing we bring up the brasso homer that was on whatever the 10th or 11th pitch but like at some point if you're throwing major league hitters the same pitches over and over they're probably going to hit it and this was a case where it's like you just run out of options and you don't want to walk him in a one-run game or in a tie game and you end up giving up a homer. And like, but like you said, though, they absolutely crush him. But that's the beauty of the Dodgers is that like you have every literally every single person in the lineup has the opportunity to hit the ball over the fence or at least deliver hit. Like maybe Chris Taylor doesn't have obvious home run pop, but like Kike against the lefty, obviously Bellinger, who, by the way, as we've mentioned when we talked about his catch uh, last week, like he was the MVP last year. He's the reigning National League MVP and he's batting sixth because he's been merely (laughs) decent this year and the Dodgers are ridiculous. So like when you have that level of talent, you're just going to have so many opportunities to hit a big home run or to have a big hit or to have a big rally. And just the at-bats from Muncie, the at-bats from Turner, like it is just relentless. Like sure, besides the 11 run inning game, they didn't put up a billion runs this series, but man, just the quality of their at-bats is just so, 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 so impressive. And the way the game ended was kind of, Odd. Like I was expecting so so much more of a, a of like a tension filled experience, especially and we'll talk about Ray's Astros, where at the end of Ray's Astros it was like, oh my god, like I need to vomit, like this is insane. Whereas like the Braves just kind of like I don't want to say they petered out, but they 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 didn't. It's not like they went down without a fight. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that like the last couple innings were low stress relatively for the moment that it was, which yeah. was interesting. And I guess credit to Arias for, you know, mm-hmm. like super not fucking around and like going after guys and not throwing and not walking anybody, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, let, let's let you want to say goodbye to the Braves before we hop over to the American League. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that like this is listen, you're, you're going to make your three one jokes. Yes. Teams were 20, 28 and three up to zero in the NLCS before this. OK, that is an amazing coincidence. Atlanta sports. That is tough. I totally recognize that. It's not great. No three one lead is ever good to blow. OK, fine. Of course. At the same time, Dodgers are the best team in baseball. You know that the ways that the Braves won earlier in the series were not that they were fluky, but like the point is, is that like this sucks, but the Braves are really good. I feel better about the Braves now than I did coming into the season when I already really thought that they were going to win the division. They have some extremely impressive building blocks in Ian Anderson, obviously Max Freed, and they did this all without Soroka. They did this without Hamels, who was a, supposed to be a huge part of this team. 
Um, I feel great about the Braves moving forward, and it sucks right now, but like they're going to be very good for a long time. I would say this is as unembarrassing of a 3-1 lead blowing as you could really do. Mm-hmm. Um, there were very few like blunder moments. I would say the base running one right. was a big one, but it's not like that came in the ninth or the eighth or whatever. Like they just let up the they lost because they allowed solo homers to good hitters in key spots. Mm-hmm. And because the bottom of their order, like in the big game, like just didn't have the juice because, you know, Adam Duvall was hurt and it gives it that really kind of hurt them a little bit. And I don't know. Like if I was a Braves fan, I understand the the legacy of Atlanta sports is like, LOL, look at these fools, but I would not be discouraged today. I would, uh, they gave us neutrals and I would imagine the fans like not just a great season, but like a lot to be very, very excited about even beyond the obvious Acuna Freeman group. Um, And let me say, if I had to draft, if I had to like start a team right now to like win one game, I think I would take Freddie Freeman first. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> right right there was yeah, I, mean, I know randy i know randy got the headlines and everything but there was and we talked a lot about this year right the inevitability of the dodgers winning there was an inevitability of freddie freeman in this series where like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it felt like he was just all like every at bat was just a struggle for the dodgers pitching and like mm-hmm. that dude is so 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 good and i hope he gets the mvp by the way i haven't even fucking mentioned it Mookie robbed him of a homer. Like, Freddie Freeman, like, almost hit a home run in this game that would have, you know, given the Braves a better chance. Last point here. Sorry. And we'll talk about Mookie a bit more later. But Mookie Betts and players like Mookie Betts, like, superstars who can do things that other players cannot do are how you win championships, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, the Dodgers going out and getting Mookie Betts, those plays he made... because here's the thing it's not like the Dodgers weren't already the best team in baseball but like when you add again we'll talk more about Mookie later like it does make a difference you could say they didn't need him but you can also see the difference that he makes so there you go all right we'll talk about Mookie more later let's move on to uh, to the American League uh, which ended on Saturday night after just a truly ridiculous week of baseball it was the first time ever that a team blew a 3-0 lead and then still won the series of course I was stunned at how infrequently teams have even gotten to a game six in a 3-0 series. That's only only like like three three times. times. Yeah, so I didn't realize that that was as rare as it was. Um, Let's talk about the Astros. Um, This was an incredible performance. Undisputed. Like, this was an unbelievable just showing of not only that sorry, Lance, you have amazing baseball players and the amazing baseball players showed up in the form of George Springer and Jose Altuve uh, and Carlos Correa, obviously. Um, not as much Alex Bregman, but a lot of it was just bad luck. Um, th- this this was ridiculous. They are not better than the Rays. They have pitchers. They're literally using rookies for almost every inning that was not Zach Granke <laughs> or Lance McCullers. And for them to get this far at all is very impressive. And honestly... Obviously, a lot of people, neutrals, were like, hey, fuck it. Like, maybe I hate the Astros, but Astros-Dodgers would be amazing. I think this is a good result for this season for the Astros. We don't have to worry about the possibility of them winning the World Series if you hate them that much. They showed us that they are still really good at baseball. And also, we don't have to worry about the takes. 
So I'm kind of satisfied with how this goes. Sad for Dusty. Dusty did a hell of a job too. Um, but that's kind of how what I take away from the Astros here. What do you no, think? I, I agree with you. And I, to me, my takeaway is Carlos Correa is amazing. Uh, he is the perfect bad guy in a lot of ways because I think we are relatively sure that he's like, like he's not an evil man. <laughs> right. Right. He's not. And no, so I think that he not. he's a good character to have. And he's so fucking good, dude. Yeah. He is so good. So, he so is. good. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Houston, I think you you kind of encapsulated perfectly. It, it's it's a good way for them to go out. And fighting back from 3-0, dude, that, that's hard to do. And we know that because no team has ever gotten that far other than the Red Sox in 2004. So, I kudos to the Houston Astros. But, yes. Jordan, they did not win. No, they did not. The Tampa Bay Rays did. Whether they are a beam of light or a, a creature from the <laughs> sea, who's to say? But they are in the World Series. How did they do the impossible? Or do the possible? Because they were the one seed. Because they were the one seed, right. But how did they survive? I mean, we could, you know, clue in on this uh, particular Game 7. Um, but I also think that, like, even though they, you know, lost three games in a row and made it kind of dicey, uh, they were clearly the better team. This is a team that, as we knew, coming into the, the whole shortened season, forget just the postseason, was always going to have such a ridiculous depth of arms, not just talented arms, but a variety of arms, a variety of arm slots, a variety of velocities, a variety of backgrounds, a variety of every possible thing you could imagine in a pitching staff. They have it all. They've got the reclamation projects. They've got the first round picks. They've got the super duper freaks. They've got the side armors. They've got the undrafted guys. They have everything that you could want thrown into a baseball, you know, pot of amazing, talented one seed stew. And this is here. We, here we are. And again, I know they survived at the end and it wasn't, you know, maybe that you could say they should have swept and maybe that doesn't show great for them that they even got that close because they should have just taken care of business. But I was not worried that they were not going to prevail in the end. And I'm glad we will finally see them tested in an amazing uh, contrast against the Dodgers. But I mean, do we want to talk about the game seven in particular? You know, we got another Randy Homer. Of course, we're going to talk about Randy more later. Uh, we got a Zanino Homer, which was very, very, very cool. Uh, second Homer of the series against McCullers, which was great. Um, but yeah, man. And then Charlie Morton, like this is, I mean, Charlie Morton, we'll talk about him later. Like he is so important for them because as talented as Snell and Glass now are, you still don't really know what you're going to get. No. I don't trust Snell or Glass now. Yeah, I don't. I, I think they're both incredible pitchers and like right. are capable of incredible things in October. Mm -hmm. Charlie Morton, adult in the room. Like oh, he is going to go out there and fucking pitch, man. And he's done it before. He's going to do it in the World Series. I mean, and I trust him more than any other pitcher in the World Series. Like, is that is not? Yeah. yeah. Not, I trust Clayton close. Kershaw. I trust Kershaw more. Okay. Well, I don't. <laughs> so uh, I will say that Charlie Morton looks, and by the way, like, I, I don't even think it's a hot take to say Morton's been better than Kershaw the last two years. So, like, yeah. it's, I don't think that's that hot of a take. But yeah, so Charlie was great. And look, man, Nick Anderson is not looking so great. He did, he gave no. up runs in the game seven, but, but Pete Fairbanks and his ghostly demeanor, um, Dude, somehow, Pete Fairbanks, Pete Fairbanks, like, challenges all these assumptions I have about relievers where like, you know, as a college reliever, I think I know relieving where I really don't because I, again, was a college reliever and like, <laughs> it doesn't really count. But like Pete Fairbanks, 
never looks like he has his shit together. Every single time. He looks like a disaster. He looks wide-eyed. He looks frightened. He looks he's like sweating he's a lot. sweating. And mm-hmm. like so much of being a reliever is looking like you're in control of your situation because a lot of the times as a reliever, you don't get to dictate your situation, mm-hmm. right? You are presented with something, a mess of someone else that you are tasked with cleaning up. And so I think coaches and baseball people have a tendency to be like, that person looks like they know what they're doing. Pete Fairbanks never looks like he knows what he's doing. Like, and I know that he does because the results speak for themselves. But he's just like, I'm going to throw this fastball fucking hard as shit near your letters. And that's it. And like, that's it works. Big, it's so yeah, weird. When you throw that hard, man, and you have, I mean, and his slider in that game seven was just like, <laughs> that was the key there because he really yeah. still didn't have the fastball command. Um, but the slider was so good that it was like, well, he can get away with anything. So that is that is a, a very good point. Any other Rays players that we want to shout out? Um, I mean, again, the defense is just so impressive. And it's a combination of the highlight plays and the positioning is unbelievable. Um, it's just it, everything that Joey Wendell, it, no matter where he was standing, the ball was going right to him. It was very, very impressive. I want to talk about Willie Adamas for a quick second because we're not going to talk about him later, even though we probably should. He is amazing. He just has the sparkle to him. I I tweeted this about, you know, meeting him for the first time and you just you see the light in someone's eyes and you can just know that like they're diff- they're like built different. And you know, every time the Rays do something good, the when they're hitting, the camera cuts to the dugout and it's always him, right? Because the camera people and the producers of the sh- of the the game on TV they know they're trying to get good, interesting responses and reactions to plays. And they know that Willie Adamas is going to do that every single time. So it's like a feedback loop, right? The camera goes to Willie. He's screaming. He knows that the camera's on him. So he like, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. I think he, he's the motor for this team. Um, I think I just, I'm enamored by him yeah, and, and the defense is so good. The defense is so good. And he had a great offensive season. Like when he was on during the regular season, it was better than I ever expected him to be uh, offensively. So um, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be uh, an X factor for them, but he is a lot of fun. Bobby Wagner, people start, you, have, you have thoughts on Willie, Willie Adamas? Yes, well, tangential thoughts. When people start asking me why they should listen to Baseball Barbecue, I'm going to say because Jake and Jordan have the sparkle. That's my new phrase. <laughs> the you guys, sparkle, man. They've got the sparkle, TM. bro. TM, yes, exactly. Uh, no, and Willie Willie does have that, and and, and you're you're so right. Like this is the same thing with Acuna, right? Like they, you know, whenever the Braves did anything, they're like, let's show Acuna in the dugout, or let's show Gratterall in the dugout, right? Like it's the, there are guys where it's like, oh, he'll give me a good TV moment. So, very, very, very true. Um, but yes, yeah, so congrats to the Rays, congrats to the Dodgers, and I. This is feels tangential, mm-hmm. and this is the last thing I'll say before we you know move to preview time. Mm-hmm. Willie Adamas. Being what he is now is a testament to his own hard work, et cetera, et cetera, and his own, you know, person. I want to shout out Carlos Gomez here for a quick second. Carlos Gomez was on the Rays for one year in 2018, right? And when he was there, he, part of his role on that team was to kind of be the big brother to a lot of these younger players, mostly, you know, a lot of these younger Latin players. And he would have meals at his house where guys would come and he would cook for them. And, you know, like he was like the father figure. And I think that like there's a level of Willie Adamas now where you can see Carlos Gomez in him, right? Where it's this, he's an amazing teammate, 
right? Who's not afraid to express himself and be the energetic guy in the clubhouse. And like, based upon where Willie was, like when we met him, where he was like a child, right? Like he was like a sparkly child. And now like, he's like a leader on this team. I think that there's a significant part of that that is Carlos Gomez related. And I know I'm the biggest Carlos Gomez stand ever. I know that like everything relates to Carlos Gomez in my mind, but I just think he deserves a quick moment of uh, attention here. I was going to say, imagine how good Randy would be were he at those Carlos <laughs> Gomez uh, cookouts. Um, but yes, all right. Uh, also, Mike Zanino, amazing. Super happy for him. Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin Kiermeyer, who, longest tenured Ray, clearly still injured and cannot really hit at all since he came back, but like still in a, you know, one of the best uh, defensive outfielders in the world and very happy for him because he's, he's the Ray. He's the guy right now. Yeah. Last shout out to Lauren Shahadi because. Oh, yeah. The post-game trophy celebration interview on TV, having to interview someone from nine feet away where no one in the stadium was able to hear what you're saying in multiple languages through translators where there are no fans and the energy is dead. I thought that was like one of the wildest, most difficult like sports media asks to try and pull off. And I know it like was very awkward on TV, but I thought that was like super notable. Lauren crushed at the series and we don't need to be doing in-game interviews anymore. That's not her fault, obviously. All right, we are (laughs) moving on. We will be back. We're going to take a short break and we will be back previewing the World Series between the Dodgers of Los Angeles and the Rays of St. Petersburg. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed. 
my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. And we are back here on Baseball Barbecue, much like the Dodgers are back in the World Series for the third time in four years. Pretty cool. Jordan, it is time for Fave 5. We have not done this in a little bit. Make it a five-pack, folks! It's a pretty simple segment. We're just going to say five things that we like. In an five order. things that we like. We're, we are not reinventing the wheel. Um, in this case, these are our five favorite things. Five favorite players in the 2020 World Series. And yes, if you're a Razor or a Dodgers fan, because the number is five, we cannot make this even. One of these teams will have more players in our fave five. And you're I picked Joe. Have I picked John. Deal with it. John Trumpane. You mean John Tumpane, and he is not one of the managers, <laughs> as they have just announced the umpiring crew. Oh, he's not on the, am, he's not on the ump list? No, I am not picking Laz Diaz, Bill Miller, Chris Guccione, Marvin Hudson, Jerry Mills, Mark Carlson, or Todd Titchener. They are not in our fave five. Although Damn. Nice, nice to see Angel Hernandez is not involved. All right, let's do it. Let's begin with number five, Jake Mintz, a, a fellow, a, a barely known gentleman, left-handed pitcher by the name of Am I seeing this? Clayton Kershaw. Tell me about him and why he's definitely one of your fave five. I, I like Clayton Kershaw too, of course, but you really like Clayton Kershaw, especially in October. Tell me, tell me more, Jake. I am the chief Kershaw defender. Uh, when it comes to non-Dodgers fans, this is not a, uh, a crusade that I ever needed to pick up. It is not like my obligation Right. Like I could have lived my baseball analyzing life and never once wanted to defend Clayton Kershaw. I could have been one of the people, you know, tweeting Kerr choke or whatever. But no, for whatever reason, I am drawn to the defense of this man. And the number one um, reason behind that is in 40 years, when we look back on the career of Clayton Kershaw and I tell uh, my great grandchildren over Zoom, who I've never met uh, (laughs) because we're still in a pandemic. Uh, about Clayton Kershaw, I want to be able to point and say, and then he won a ring. And then he won the World Series. And he was the best pitcher of a generation. And I can't do that yet. All the other great pitchers of this generation have him, really. Honestly. Like, DeGrom, I guess, is the one. But he's, a, I would say, a tick after Kershaw. Scherzer has one. Verlander has one. CC has one. Et cetera, et cetera. I want Kershaw to get it. His ring, he is so good. He is so iconic. He's so emblematic of this Dodgers team over the era. And like, he's the number one. I want to get a ring guy in any sport really ever. And it makes me so sad that he has to be the choke guy because in a team sport like this, it's just not on him. It's not on his shoulders. And especially now when he is slightly reduced uh, he's no longer what he once was. He's still a great pitcher. But like, man, I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. And and of course, uh, as as many people have pointed out, this uh, will be taking place in his hometown as he has been the last two rounds. But uh, in Dallas, where he 
Highland Park High School, where the Clayton Kershaw legend was born, just a few miles uh, from Globe Life Field. And yeah, man, I mean, look, I, I, I can't disagree with it. I mean, I know I've given you shit for this role that you've taken on for no reason over the last few years, but like, I, I obviously agree with you and uh, think it would be great to see him have that. At the same time, it's also weird for me to feel this strongly about it because it's just that they've won so many division titles in a row and he's been in the postseason so much. The dude's 32. It's not like this is his last dying wish and he's 41 and he just needs it to happen now. Like he's gonna, he's probably just going to still be on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to keep winning. Like this is not the end. So while yes, of course, it would be nice to just get one, lock it in, have that ring for him. I agree with you. Um, it's it's not like this is the, the end his last chance. That's definitely the stress sure. of a of a Kershaw October start mm. is really incredible because I think ninety eight percent of people who aren't rooting for the other team or aren't fans of the other team are just hoping that Kershaw can do it right. And the people who are rooting for him to choke, I hate that. I think that's bad. Um, but that experience is so stressful. Like every. Every fifth inning, sixth inning, seventh inning of a Kershaw postseason start is just perpetual. I want to vomit. And I'm excited for that. All right. Well, number let's, four on our let's list. Let's be clear. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be any more seventh inning of a Clayton Kershaw postseason start. Just let's get him out of there. Right. Speaking <laughs> of someone who should have been in the seventh inning of a postseason start, Great Charlie transition. Morton is Great number transition. four on our list for our fave five. Ground yes. Chuck. I would say he's now uh, up Chuck. Yeah. I mean... It, he throws a lot more hard now. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he's still throwing sinkers. So hard Hot chuck. He's still getting a lot of a lot of ground balls. But yes, Charlie Morton. Now I will say um, it's good contrast here because of course Clayton Kershaw. Both of these guys made their major league debut in 2008. Wow, that's crazy. That's kind of wild to think about. Okay, now Clayton Kershaw. Of course, he made his debut at age 20. He was a super phenom. He was a first round pick. Blah 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 blah. Charlie Morton. He was a decent high school pitcher, third round pick, whatever. He is just like a fine, boring major league pitcher for almost 10 years. I mean, maybe eight years. He's just like fine. He's fine. He's on the Braves. Then he's on the Pirates for a long time. Just hanging out. Uh, by the way, no one ever talks about Charlie Morton being another pirate seating on the race. <laughs> Now, obviously, because he went to the Astros and became amazing and was a World Series hero before he ended up in Tampa. But I do think that's funny. But I just think the Charlie Morton career arc is absolutely tremendous. He wins the World Series with the Astros in 17. And again, at that point, we were like, okay, like, what a story. 33-year-old reclamation project, Charlie Morton. I can't believe it. He did it. He won his ring, right? That could have been the end of the Charlie Morton story. He could, honestly, he could have just retired there and been like, great. Oh, wow. What a career. I did it. Instead, I like the, he was like, why would he retire? He just got his new superpower throwing eight, <laughs> right, 90 exactly. miles an hour. <laughs> right. But it's like, wait a minute. Oh, let's see how good I really am. 18. Absolutely amazing with Houston. Goes to the free agency. And then is even better last year, third in the Cy Young. And then this year, he, you know, coming into this insane season, he had quotes. He's like, listen, like, I'm 36. There's a pandemic. This isn't exactly I got kids. how I want it. I got kids. I got kids, man. I got like eight kids. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't need to do this anymore. Like this is fun. I'm making money and I'm playing baseball. But like, this is a like this is more than. But now it's like, oh shit! Like you're the most important pitcher on the team that's trying to win the World Series against the Dodgers again. <laughs> There's like a reluctant amazing. superhero vibe to Charlie Morton, mm -hmm. where you know, like in every hero movie, where it's like, oh, the super, like the the hero doesn't want to leave his house and like save the day again. 
And like, you know, they send like the FBI or government agents to the house and they're like, we need you. We need you to pitch. And Charlie Morton's like, um, I'm all washed up. I got nothing left. And they're like, you're the, you throw 98. Like, what do you, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, just come pitch. And he's like, fine. I'll fine. Pitch. If I must, if I must come in and throw strikes, <laughs> unlike my fellow, uh, my fellow rotation mates. And the thing about this series is that I know everyone was rooting for Astros Dodgers, but Charlie Morton was a huge reason that the, that the Dodgers lost in the 2017 World Series. I mean, he threw the last pitches, and the fact that the Dodgers will have to defeat Charlie Morton once again is very, very, very compelling. All right, let's move on to number three, Jake Mintz. Who's number three? From the man to Jaman, it is Choi G-Man, G-Man Choi, first baseman, Tampa Bay Rays, bundle of joy, bringer of smiles, swinger of hard swings. Uh, this gentleman... Jordan, we went on uh, a podcast called Tipping Pitches at the beginning of this season, podcast hosted by our producer, Bobby Wagner. And we did a GIF draft, drafting players we thought would create the most entertaining GIFs. And we selected G-Man Choi. And I would like to say that was a good pick. Mm. Very good pick. Just great, not just great value, but just an overall objectively fantastic selection. Now, our other pick, Joanna Cespedes, not as good of a pick. That's fine. G-Man made up for it. So so it, it made sense. Um, G-Man is is a fantastic personality. He's a fantastic baseball player. The fact that he's been around for so long now, like I know a lot of people are now just getting acquainted to, to G-Man Choi. He's 29. He signed with the Mariners when he was 18. He never played in the KBO. And he bounced around the minors, was on a bunch of different teams. And of course, where else would he find the ultimate success. I know we had some moments in Milwaukee. Where else, but where would he find the ultimate success than with Tampa Bay? And uh, he's just so much fun. And like, he's really important. He bats fourth when they're facing right. He's like, he's not just like, oh, ha ha, G-Man. Like, he's really good. And uh, I'm sure he'll have at least one giant homer in this series and it'll be very cool. His swing is very different from, I think, a lot of power hitters. He's like way quicker to the ball. It's like whippier than you might expect from a guy his size. I mean, he's 6'1", 260 pounds, and he like regularly just like does the splits mm-hmm. uh, at first base. And in an era of, you know, how do baseball players exhibit joy and emotion, he is very unique in that you kind of like, he just like is always making like faces and reacting. And in the way that you can always cut to Willie Adamas for a camera shot, you can always do that with G-Man. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, like, we'll get a G-Man. Also, wait, sorry, last thing. The fact that he's just, like, unlocked Garrett Cole is also <laughs> not relevant to this series, but super funny to me. Yeah, and I will say, uh, I mean, it's not just the splits. Like, part of that is, like, he's a fantastic defender. Like, and it's wild to watch. Like, he's a huge part of, I know Joey Wendell keeps scooping everything up, but Joey Wendell has not exactly been throwing the ball accurately to first base every time like he's giving him short hops all the time and he's just scoop 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 um it's been great so g-man we love g-man and i uh, by the way listen not happy that there are fans in the stands i will say that however i will admit that g-man is probably going to feed off the crowd more than the average player uh and that will be cool all right let's move on to number two uh a gentleman who's a little bit uh listen we've talked plenty about this guy as we should have Let's talk a little bit about Mr. Mookie Betts. I would say my second favorite baseball player behind financial flexibility. Yeah. And I, it's it's tough because when I was trying to decide what jersey to get, 
Um, it was close. Uh, financial flexibility was sold out, so I ended up. Just oh man, did you get the luxury yeah. luxury tax? <laughs> yes. Uh, Moogie bets. One of the definitive top five, probably top two players in baseball. Um, got traded to the Dodgers. We all know that. Then he signed a lifetime extension, despite having never played with them. But like the real, the real result of this has been exactly what we thought, which is that you add the best, one of the three best players in the league to the best team in baseball, and you get a team that is very, very hard to beat because he's just like, you're, you're raising the ceiling of a team that already had the highest ceiling. So it's like, well, okay, well, then how the fuck are we supposed to beat the Dodgers? And that's basically what the Braves realized because even though Mookie wasn't out of this world offensively, really at all during this postseason, his defense, he's a four straight time gold glove winner, has been unbelievable in every possible way. And uh, I know, you know, the defense can only go so far in making you the best, one of the best players in the league, but his is very much a part of that. And it is a difference maker. The postseason is a crapshoot in terms of who's hitting well. Obviously, better players are going to hit better in October. And there's maybe a little bit of influence regarding clutch or the ability to do it in a big game, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, it is just a random roll of the dice for how well you're locked in for a particular, you know, 15 game stretch. Um, and you can get Randy or Rosarenas who get really hot and you can get your, you know, Cody Bellinger 2017 where you don't get a hit for like a week and a half. Right. But defense Defense does not really slump. And so when you have Mookie Betts and he's hitting fine at the plate, you can still count on him saving the game three separate days in a row in the outfield, right? That's what makes him different. And he's still liable for the World Series to just catch fire and hit four home runs and win the World Series MVP. And that's what makes him different. Yeah, and I mean, he's hitting 311 in the postseason, but he doesn't have a homer. Obviously, Corey Seager has been carrying the load offensively for this Dodgers offense, and he's been spectacular. Um, but like you said, defense basically doesn't ever slump, and it can be such a big difference. And uh, again, like that will be a huge matchup in this series is, is to watch these two teams uh, who can just be in more of the right spots and make more of the crazy plays. Um, so there you go. All right. I mean, Mookie, look, number Mookie's one, awesome. Yeah. Well, number, number one, let's get uh, to no, no surprise. It's uh, Randy Rosarena. So Jordan on our, on our, I think it was our DS preview pod or maybe, yeah, I don't know. No, it, it was, was the, the DS, DS preview it was the pod. DS. It was, it was definitely after, uh, the, the wild card yeah. round or whatever the fuck. I said something was. along the lines of keep an eye on Randy Rosarena, um, which was the understatement of the century. Hey, just I like keep keep. An I can't eye on take him. my eyes off of him. Forget keeping an <laughs> eye on him. I literally can't look away because, uh, okay, he has 21 hits. He has seven homers. He has a 1200 OPS. He is batting third. He is. It's it's such it's such a ridiculous thing. Like again, what he did against the Yankees. I mean, it could have been. Listen, my, my fellow tribesman, Dianu. That that was it, man. There could have been more than enough. You freaking showed up against the Yankees. Great. Go 0 for 20 for the next round. Sounds good. Dianu. Oh, Dianu. But hey, guess what? He was like, he, Randy Rosarena has no idea what Dianu is. So he was like, fuck it. I'm going to keep hitting home runs. <laughs> Pash, Christian Pache might. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, if you want the full Randy Rosarena origin story, uh, go read James Wagner's piece uh, in the New York Times. 
highlights how uh, Randy's experiences in Mexico after defecting from Cuba kind of have built who he is as a person and the bond he feels to that country and how Randy Rosarena became Randy Rosarena. It was really good article. I was just going to add uh, also Juan Toribio, our guest who came on and guaranteed yeah. that the Rays are going to win the World Series, has also written some fantastic uh, pieces on Randy that I encourage you to go check out on MLB.com. But yeah, I mean, the, the legend it, it goes on. Willie Adamas on MLB Network the other day called him uh, Latin Kevin Hart just personality-wise, which I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so apparently he's, I mean, clearly he's I, not just a, an amazing player, but like a very, very funny and cool person. Uh, I have a around. general take about, like people calling him like the Cuban Mookie Betts. I, I sneaky hate it. And I I think he's just Randy Rosarena. Like I think yeah. there is something useful to using that as like a way to explain Randy Rosarena to people who've never seen him play. But like, I think at this point, he's just Randy Rosarena. Like, yeah. And he's earned that. Absolutely. And I mean, this is a bigger, longer thing that drives me crazy about all sports opinions is we just want to make comparisons. And I don't like, just let him be Randy, man. Like, why does yeah. he have to be somebody else? Just let the dude, we're watching him be himself and do all these things that you've never, like, if Koi doesn't have to be Mookie Betts, he's, he's doing him his own thing. And uh, it's very, right. very, very fun to watch. So, well, And I've been thinking a lot about what, specifically trying to unpack what about Randy Rosarena has been so beautiful over the last couple of weeks, right? We get anonymous guys becoming postseason heroes all the time. It happens regularly, right? That's not different to us. Um, and there's always something wonderful about someone coming out of nowhere and becoming the story. And, you know, like, okay, like, if Corey Seager gets hot and wins the NLCS MVP, it's like, well, yeah, like he's been one of the best baseball players in the world. And like, even for Corey Seager, that is an accomplishment, but it is not life-changing. It's not notable. Altering. It's like, yeah, it's that not, was in the cards for Corey Seager. Yeah, it's just another notch on the resume. But like for Randy Rosarena, and you can see it in the way he's carrying himself, these are the greatest weeks of his life, right? And like, it's not close, you know, I guess outside of what, his kid being born, et cetera. Like this, these moments are him becoming what he's always wanted to be and where we get to watch it. And like, that is just, it's incredible to me. And then the other layer of it is like when Steve Pierce or whatever the fuck gets hot in the World Series. Cody Ross. He hits a couple, Cody Ross. He hits a couple home runs. It's like, oh, that's incredible. Very rarely do we see a guy who we maybe didn't know about two years ago or, you know, not that many people knew about a month ago look like the greatest player on the planet. Randy Rosarena is not just regular hot right now, right? Yeah. He is like ludicrously locked in and looks like he's the best player on the planet. And we these don't hot, see that. These hot streaks are not supposed to last for this long. Even in the crazy, oh, random dude shows up in the postseason and hits a couple big homers. That's just not how it works. You can be a postseason homer with postseason hero with one moment like this. He has seven home runs. Like, it's, it's so ridiculous. 21 hits. It's not like he's just going up there and, like, he's working walks. He's, like, he's, I mean, it's 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 so ridiculous. Perhaps there is a conversation to be had about what is Randy Rosarena truly moving forward. But let me say this. That conversation, we can wait a couple weeks, everybody. We don't need to ask. This is related to what you said about comparisons in, in sports. like. Randy Rosarena, is he Andrew McCutcheon? Is he Grady Sizemore? Is he Mike Trout? I don't fucking care right now. Let's have that stupid conversation in a month. 
Is he a two-win player? Is he a four-win player? I don't give a shit. Let's just, for the next week, let the joy in and allow the wonder of what Randy Rosa Reina is in this moment dominate and dictate the way that we feel about him as a player and as a person. And I would just encourage people to do that. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Well said. All right, let us uh, move on here uh, from our fave five to a just general overview of this series. Um, and we've already covered a lot, so we don't have to go too deep. But we both uh, have uh, our own thing that we want you, uh, fine listeners, to be thinking about as we head into this series that we don't think has generally been discussed. Um, there's a million things we could pick. We've already talked about a lot of players in the series. But Jake Mintz, start us off with your under-the-radar so-called uh, storyline of this here World Series that begins on Tuesday. I'm tempted to switch to my uh, Dodgers lost the Brewstar Gratterall trade take, but I'm going to put that on ice and save it for the for after the World Series. Um, so I'm just going to throw it out there and let people uh, hear I that. I just want to, yeah. You know, there's like uh, for movies, there's like a teaser trailer and then the real preview. That's your teaser trailer. I think the Dodgers lost the Brewster trade, but I'm going to talk about Globe Death Field. The Los Angeles Dodge Boys have played the last uh, ten baseball games at Dodge at uh, Globe Death Field. They have been <laughs> in the Dallas area for like two and a half weeks at this point. Um, they are accustomed to it, et cetera, et cetera. The Tampa Bay Rays, as I speak to you on Monday afternoon, are probably in the air flying to Texas. They will maybe get a chance for like a light workout tonight at Globe Life Field uh, before they play game one of the World Series tomorrow. I don't know how much of a difference the familiarity difference is going to make, but it feels notable to me that, you know, one of these teams has played their last 10 games in this admittedly incredibly bizarre, unique, and influential stadium as we've seen and the other team has literally never played there it opened this year tampa didn't play texas this year because of the way the schedule worked they've never been to the stadium they're not going to get really a chance i don't think to do a full practice there by the end of the world series they'll probably get you know accustomed to it but in game one that could sneaky matter i don't think it'll dictate who wins or loses the series but it's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And the Dodgers, not just the last 10, they played three there during the regular season, right? So the Dodgers know this stadium. If it's not obvious, not that he's tremendously talented, clearly Mookie knows the outfield pretty well. <laughs> the clear. Dodgers have played yeah. the second most games of any team in the history of Globe Life Field. Exactly. And, and, and. It's not just that. It's 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 the infield. There's been a lot of talk about how fast the ball moves on the turf there. Uh, that's going to be something to adjust to. Now, listen, if there's any team and personnel I trust to adjust quickly, it's Willie Adamas and Joey Wendell. It's Manny Margot and Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, these are some of the best defenders in the world. So I'm not that worried, but I think it is a great point when you look at the bizarre dimensions and the turf and how the ball moves. If we got the stupid-ass wind tunnel again, like... There's all kinds of weird things that clearly the Rays will not have been accustomed to. Um, and that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, it's fair. It's a fair thing to bring up. Uh, the Dodgers are clearly comfortable. So weird that they just played 10 fucking straight games there. Like, what? what is, it's longer than a Rangers homestand. Like, it is, it is so bizarre. They've been in that hotel long enough to put their clothes in the drawers of the hotel room. For right. sure. 
which is, that's really when you know you've been an extended stay. Uh, okay, my uh, storyline that I'm going to bring up is, is pretty hyper-specific, but I was doing some digging um, because I was looking at who's going to be game one. And it looks like it will be Tyler Glass now. I mean, whether it's game one or not, he's likely going to be uh, pitching a lot in this series. And I was like, huh, Tyler Glass now. Like, okay, well, the Rays and everything. Has he ever even faced the Dodgers? Went back and I looked and I saw that Tyler Glass now, the Pirate, faced the Dodgers three times, all of which in relief, all of which were total disasters. And I think that's interesting because he he faced him twice in Pittsburgh in 18, gave up two homers, both to Cody Bellinger, <laughs> two days apart. Then he came in in Dodger Stadium a month later, walked Turner, balked Turner to second, walked Bellinger. Like this was the bad Tyler Glass now facing the Dodgers. And I think this is going to be very fun to see Tyler Glass now, who I'm sure remembers these outings when he was coming in as a rookie facing, still at that point, you know, the best team in baseball, and show him like, look, I don't suck anymore. Like, yeah, I still throw 100 like I did then, but I know what I'm doing, and I'm very excited for the Tyler Glass now revenge tour. Because I'm sure the Dodgers, it's not like the Dodgers don't know that Tyler Glass now is different now, but it is essentially a different pitcher. And I think that'll be very fun to watch, especially if he pitches... If he's pitching game one, let's go seven games. We might see him three times, right? So I'm very excited uh, for, for Tyler Glass now in this series. So that is what I am uh, uh, looking forward to uh, a little bit under the radar. Jake Mintz, it is time to make predictions, I think, perhaps. Yes, Jordan, uh, before this postseason began, you came on this podcast and with the confidence of a white man, you <laughs> absolutely, unequivocally, stated you stated that yeah. the twins and the cubs would meet in the world series i would like I, an apology I, on behalf of the american people i'm so glad that you are introducing <laughs> it like that because i can think back to the exact moment when i said it and it could not have been more the opposite in fact when I we know, did our predictions I, <laughs> I didn't even realize we were going to be doing predictions to the point where i was like fuck it twins cubs and You're that's like, what uh, that was. Twins, Cubs? Yeah. Like, I would <laughs> like to characterize Jordan's prediction as like a leaf in the wind. He was convinced by our guests who came on and were the most fun. We <laughs> yes, had one baseball player on the World Series or on the yes. playoff preview podcast. It was Ian yeah. Happ and Jordan was convinced by that. Like a leaf in the wind. You don't have the courage of your convictions. No, but again, I, I, I literally, for, for whatever reason, I, I wasn't even thinking about making World Series predictions, so I said Twins Cubs. And that looks terrible. That looks terrible. Now, How did they do? They were, did terrible. We, we discussed earlier. 0-4. Oh, what, what could have been the worst <laughs> prediction? Uh, and it is probably, the Reds really would have been the only other worst prediction, I, I would say. Um, but in terms of just like teams that people actually thought had a chance to make a run and looked like shit, it would be the Reds. And but this yeah. is notable. And, I, you know, that introduction was was just a, you know, rag on Jordan a bit. But <laughs> yes, that's fair. He, like, Jordan is usually very good at predictions. He, at times, has been a baseball oracle. He can kind of feel things out in the middle of a game. He does have a sense for it. And you just didn't put any prep into that, and that's fine. But Jordan, let's turn our eyes forward here to this World Series in front of us that we are about to embark on. How many games will it go? Who will emerge victorious? Who will win the MVP, and who is someone that your grandfather does not know about who he will text you about in the next mm. week? This is this is a great, great categories here. Great, great awards here. All right. 
I've given this one more thought than I did recklessly throwing out twin cub twins cubs 20 minutes after talking to Ian Happ. I've given this one a little bit more thought. And I have decided that the Dodgers will be winning this one, Jake Mintz. I have decided that once again, I by the way, let me quickly give myself a little more credit. I said Dodgers in seven against the Braves. I was correct. I will double down on Dodgers in seven against the Tampa Bay Rays. I think it will be a great series. I think the Rays have a great chance. I think the Dodgers will finally fucking win the goddamn World Series. As for MVP, I will go ahead and say it will be Mookie Betts. I think Corey Seager will slow down a little bit. I think Mookie Betts will heat up. He will hit a couple big homers, and it will be Mookie. And I and I will listen. This is me going back on saying like picking chalk is boring. Dodgers in seven, Mookie Betts MVP, and the <laughs> player that my grandpa will text me about. He's more of a phone call kind of guy. He's not. He's not a big oh, okay. texter. Okay, that's fine. But if but if he does call me, uh, he will be calling me about Max Muncy. It'll be about Max Muncy. There you go. Okay, Max Muncy will be the guy. So there you go. There's there's Max. Actually, or no, no, sorry, sorry. It'll be Dustin May. It'll be Dustin May. Dustin you will May. See Dust, Dustin that's... May pitching because Justin Turner. I think he's watched enough World Series. He knows about Justin Turner already. But Dustin May, he'll be like, what? What the hell's going on there? He's like so Justin there Turner converted to a pitcher, huh? Yeah. Exactly. Hey, he's three right, inches taller and looks like a clown. <laughs> pretty much. Is that Sean uh, White? There is my pick. Dodgers and seven. Uh, Mookie Betts MVP. What do you got, Jake Mintz? Dodgers and seven as well. Jordan Schusterman. Uh, I think this is the year they finally do it. But I think this is going to be a long competitive series. My World Series MVP is going to be Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he will pitch game one. He will start. He's starting game one. He will start game five. And he will relieve in game seven. And he will quash, squash the demons, Jordan Schusterman. He will do it. You're so desperate that you're asking for more than what is possible. This is the thing. You are, you're not going to be content (laughs) with just like five scoreless, six and two. But then he's not winning. Two shutouts and a relief appearance, baby. Jake is still dreaming. Jake's thinking it's it's 2015. All right. Well, uh, both of my grandfathers have passed from this earthly realm, so they will not be calling me about or texting. Max Muncy yep. okay. and your uh, your grandfather. I don't believe he has my phone number. Uh, however, I do. Uh, I do have uncles. Oh, okay. I do, uh, and I do have of. I have some aunts who I believe will be turning in, uh, tuning into this game, and so I will pick. I will pick uh, Tyler Glass now, actually, because he is so tall and so handsome. And I think someone I'm related to is going to catch a glimpse of Tyler Glass now from a TV they're not watching and be like, who is that? And who's man? That's a great pick. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how, uh, how Tommy Shelby does in this World Series. Now, before we, we leave, Jordan, uh, I want to briefly bring up the Christian Pache Jewish star conversation. Okay. Okay. Sure. Are you, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. I Christian mean, the Pache, Braves are out, but go ahead. <laughs> the Braves are out. Now's the time. Christian Pache, outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, has been wearing a Jewish star of David uh, necklace the entire series. Now, Jordan and I, uh, if you weren't able to tell, are both Jewish as shit. And so the overlap of being two kids who went to Jewish school and write and talk in our baseball e uh, means that we've gotten many inquiries regarding the Jewishness of a man named Christian. Now, uh, the sheer overlap uh, of a Dominican guy named Christian uh, is an extremely low likelihood of Judaism. 
Uh, there is a small Jewish population in the Dominican Republic. Very interesting backstory. You should go read about it. Uh, but despite that, I remained skeptical. Now, we have received mixed reports, I would say, over the last week or so about uh, Christian Page's <laughs> heritage. Uh, we just received one from a relatively uh, reliable source that Chris- Christian Pache's mother is indeed Jewish. We put the work in, just to let you know, and I'm, we I'm, are still inconclusive. We'll not be convinced until Mr. Pache himself comes out and uh, Dobbins with us on Rosh Hashanah, when it's safe to come bench, li- c- come, come to my sukkah. Um, but thank you for that update. It is something we will be tracking as as the World Baseball Classic approaches in 2022. Uh, it is very very. John Morosi will be all over it. Uh, Jornet no would bad. have been journalistic malpractice for me not to bring that up. That's true. That's that's true. It would have been yeah an, an indictment on your should have asked him in the Zoom after Game Seven. I know he thought about it. I, I'm sure Jake considered it. if he had the link to the Zoom. He would have. not not the time or place, Clevere. Not the time or place. All right, uh, Jake Mintz, thank you for that wonderful update. Thank you for podcasting with me. Thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing this excellent episode. Oh, you guys can decide if it's excellent, but I'm I'm deeming it excellent. Um, and uh, we will uh, we'll be back here on Thursday uh, with another episode after the first two games of the World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays, and we'll see which of us are uh, looking. I guess we both picked Dodgers in seven. So an in series off day. Yeah. I forgot that was legal, but indeed, we will be returning to a regular schedule of baseball games, which, by the way, happens to line up very well with this podcast as our off days will be Thursday and then next Monday. So you're welcome, America. All right. uh, Thanks for listening. We will talk to you all later this week. Go, Randy. Go. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.